isn't that the best music that you've ever heard in church? Like, really, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good morning, y'all, and Happy New Year. Almost. (laughs) In the, the book, The Alchemist, by Paulo Coelho, it outlines the story of a boy named Santiago who, laying on his Bay of Hale bed at night in a farm in Spain, has a dream, a dream of treasure that he must go find. And of all places, the treasure is hidden in the pyramids of Egypt. So Santiago leaves behind the life that he has known a modest life, in order to pursue that treasure. He leaves behind the love of his life. He leaves behind everything that is safe and secure in order to follow that vision. But that journey doesn't go as smoothly as he'd hoped. Along the way, the journey takes years and years and years. He gets caught in the desert. He has to work with mentors and people in search of finding the way to the treasure, seeking everything outside of himself in order to find that which exists in Egypt. He makes his way to Egypt only to find that the treasure that he seeks isn't there. He makes his way home and lays on that same bale of hay, dejected, questioning the journey, the entire journey, wondering why he even set out in the first place. And at night, he has another vision, the same vision as the one he had before. But in this one, he realizes that he was missing a key detail. I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil the story for you, but (laughs) you should read it anyway. (laughs) But in his vision, he realizes that the treasure he was seeking wasn't in the pyramids of Egypt, but it was buried in a sycamore tree right behind his house. The treasure that he sought all along, he went through the entire journey. He was laying on it before he even left. So today I want to talk about three things. The first is that the treasure that you seek is already yours. The second is that there are things that stand in the way of us seeing this as true. And the third is that to realize that truth, we have to move through these things that stand in the way of seeing that. We're also going to go through the burning bowl ceremony today. So while I'll be talking here a little bit, a lot of this, a bigger portion of today's talk, so to speak, is going to be dedicated to meditation for us to discover that treasure that we're seeking, that lies within ourselves. So the lucky news for all y'all is you don't have to listen to me speak that long today. (laughs) The treasure that you seek is already yours. I want you to picture for a second that you leave Wimberley, you got to go to Austin. And it's like a busy day. You're driving down the road. You're stuck behind one of them 18-wheelers going down 12. You go through Driftwood. You're just, 
It's like, I think it's a 45. I, I don't, you know, I go a lot faster than that, if I'm being honest. But you're behind a tractor trailer going 25. And you need to be in Austin on time. So you're like thinking about all the different sides that you can go around that tractor trailer. You're, you're dreaming of seeing those dotted lines so you can pass them. And when you get to the city, it just hustle and bustle everywhere. Everybody's out. Everybody's doing something. And everybody has just got an edge of them today for some reason. But as you drive through the city, you know that you're going to a destination. As you make it through that destination, we start to make it downtown in Austin. Maybe we'll talk like the west side of downtown Austin where it's a little quiet. A little quiet. Some of the, some of the places. And you pull in and you see a house. A house that just feels a bit out of place amongst the rest of the city. Amongst the, all the buildings that are going up like crazy. You park your car, you get out of the car, you go up to the door of the house. It doesn't seem like anybody's been there for quite some time. And you worry, should I enter? Should I go through that door? Am I going to get the cops called on me? But as you go through the door, even though it looks disheveled on the outside, you see a light shining from one of the rooms. As you make your way towards that room, you see on the floor that there's a little candle that's lit, that's burning, and that has been burning forever. And within that room, you notice that there is a, a sense of peace and quiet, that even amongst the entire busyness of the entire city that you were experiencing just a few minutes before, that you can also experience the quietness, the peace and serenity in that room at that very moment. There's this concept in the, the Yoga Sutras of Pantanjali, which is basically like the philosophical underpinning for modern yoga. And in it, he, Pantanjali talks about the lotus of the heart. And he speaks about the body, you know, the thing that we walk around this earth with, as the city the thing which is noisy. You know, the, we have these thoughts that race through our minds. We have these pains that bother our bodies. We have the groans of our hunger. And as we make our way towards the room of the heart, we find solitude, peace, presence. And that within that heart, there is a place which transcends even the calamities of the mind at times. A place where if you envision it in meditation, that between here, that you can close your eyes and envision the petals of a lotus flower unfolding. And as that lotus unfolds, you see the true inner light. The light that is always there, even though we cease to see it at times or we forget to see it at times. And that as we focus on that in meditation, it expands and we see that the trueness of all reality, the light of God shines within our heart at all times. You know, as I traveled over Christmas, I got back last night at eight. We were gone for about a week 
Enzo didn't sleep at all, really, three of the nights. So I'd say like over the last three, last night I caught up on sleep, but the two nights before that, I think I was probably what, like seven hours total between the two nights. Just cutting some teeth. So, so I got back to Texas last night after this trip, and I was like stressing a little bit about today. I was like, oh no, I got to speak tomorrow. But when we landed in Texas, it just was like a peace. I'm home. And I went home, we got home, we got, our dogs were barking, but we brought all our stuff in. I went to bed in my own bed, and I had that peace, that calmness. Even though there's things that are going on around us at all times, there is places of peace that are accessible to us at all times. You know, it says that, also in these, in this yoga aphorism, it says that the light which shines within the lotus of the heart is the light of the supreme heaven. And even so large as the universe outside is the universe within the lotus of the heart. Now, if that all sounds too complicated, too woo-woo, whatever you want to call it, I invite you to think of a line from my absolute favorite song of all time. And I'll preface it by saying it's by Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and it's called Simple Man. It's my favorite song, my favorite song. And he says, all that you need is in your soul. All that you need is in your soul. We talk about God is full stop in unity. That God is all, everywhere, all at once, all the time, in everything. And that source does not cease to flow. That river is always raging. We may try to dam it up at times, but that river breaks right through that dam. And as I talked about the last time I was up here, the divine spirit is actively conspiring towards your good and the good of everything that is. Why then? If this is true, if what we seek is already ours, why do we have such a hard time actually believing that? of living that out on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe we feel like it's actually coming to us. Maybe we do. But what, finds in the way, what stands in the way of us actually finding that treasure? Of us receiving our divine inheritance? Well, there are tangible things which stand in the way of us seeing that as true. It's just the way things are. We know that. And nonetheless, we do experience that all that is is conspiring towards our good, that we can have faith that things are actively working towards us, that this lotus of the heart is something that exists within us that we can tap into at times. Even amongst all this noise, the questioning, we also have glimpses that confirm to us that that is true that that is the reality. But more times than not, we forget that these small glimpses of faith, we for, uh, I should say, we forget the small glimpses of faith because they're clouded by the fear that runs our life on a day-to-day -day basis. Whether you call it fear, our perception, confusion, trauma, karma, really whatever you want to call it, those things stand in the way of us understanding who we really are. 
busyness, the hustle and bustle of the city, trauma, the pain that we've experienced, and the fear that we have of experiencing it again. Our defense mechanisms, the things that we build up so that we can prevent ourselves from experiencing the same pain that we've experienced in the past. Confusion, the mixed messages we receive from and give to the world around us. And karma, the circumstances that place us in the very place that we sit today. But those things aren't the final truth. They mask what is true. They're illusions of separation. You know, to Enzo, I think I'm a giant. (laughs) I think so. But a giant doesn't look itself in the mirror and see a giant. A giant doesn't know what is true of itself. And I know I'm not really a giant. (laughs) Maybe we aren't really confused. Maybe we're not, there's not really things that are staying in the way, but maybe we just have a, a limited view of, of what all is actually true. And in that slice of that view, we forget what is the actual transcendent and whole truth. So how do we find a way to experience that transcendent truth, our divine nature, more regularly? How do we avoid what I refer to as spiritual amnesia? Of like being like, oh yeah, God, super connected, and then five minutes later, well, I should say five seconds later, (laughs) completely forgetting that. How do we avoid that? How do we make it so that we can experience this more persistently? Well, to realize this truth, we need to move through the things that stand in the way of us experiencing that divine truth. Going back to the, the story of the alchemist, you know, even though that gold sat beneath him at all times, all those years that he was hoping and wishing for some better reality, even though that it was there the whole time, he still had to go on the journey in order to actually value the treasure which he found at the end of the journey. The journey that we go through I'm convinced is the whole of the spiritual path. It's like the, really the thing that matters in our life. The results, the outcomes, all that, those things are great, but what is it without the pain, the suffering, the hope, the desire, the, all of it? What is it? The journey is just as important as the destination, if not more so. And the journey's it's going to be difficult at times, you know? It just is. But that's okay. It's meant to be difficult. It's meant to shake us up. It's meant to make us feel all these things so that we can actually have something to compare our experience against. The highs aren't the highs without the lows. Pleasure isn't pleasure without the pain. You know, one thing that I had to work through a lot in my life, a lot, like a lot, a lot, is that the journey, these things that are hard on the path aren't things that need to be met with resistance. We don't need to 
fight the things that are facing us. Back, I'd say, let's say five, seven years ago, something like that. I started listening to like a lot of books, reading books by like Navy SEAL type guys. Guys who'd be like, if you're running, your, your foot's falling off, keep running. <laughs> I still got some injuries that kind of plagued me from, from putting that mentality on. And those guys would actually say like, keep going, keep going, keep working. But I had this, I had this like realization of this little two-word two thing that I was like, I was going to get it tattooed on my arm. I went to the tattoo shop, and, and I had the guy draw me up a tattoo, and I just didn't like the way he did the lettering, and I was like, I was like come on, like, I need to get this tattoo. It's, it's what's going to make me realize everything that I need to do, right? And those two words were conquer self. And I thought that what I needed to do was basically for lack of a better word, like beat into submission the things that were limiting me in life. If we don't have an enemy, there can be no war. And the things that face us, the challenges that face us, aren't enemies, they're teachers. They are our guru, our friend, whatever you want to call it. And when we look at them as that, rather than the things that are taking from us our precious whatever, we can see them for what they are, and it takes out a lot of the pain and suffering along the journey as well. We can't force them. Sometimes they take time. Things just take time. Sometimes you just got to sit with it. A snake is only ready to shed its skin when it's ready to shed its skin. And sometimes you just need to change the environment that you're in. I can sit in my little my little uh, meditation room at home, which is also my office, so like it's tough to <laughs> cut the two apart, but I could sit there and meditate for an hour. And I could be banging my head against the wall over and over and over again because I'm just not getting it. And I don't, I don't get that frustrated with myself now about it. Now I just kind of like, okay, today's not the, I got a lot going on in my mind today. But when, gotta go get Enzo Ab. <laughs> But when, uh, but when I get out into nature, when I actually just go for a walk, I used to do this on the Greenbelt in Austin. And I, would, I go without my shoes. I'm, you know, people kind of look at me a little weird, so I try to go on days when people aren't out there so much. I just walk barefoot. And it hurts a little bit, but you get grounded. And when I would do that for 20, 30 minutes, I walk out of the woods and I'm just at a completely different frequency. Completely different. Sometimes you just need to get out of the environments that we're in so that we can see things with a different perspective. Sometimes that's all it takes.
You know, Finn at one point said, and I think this was your teacher that taught you this, was that you're either in the way, you're either the way of God or you're in the way of God. I think about that all the time. I really do. It was a good one. So, you know, I, you, I know you could pass it on to him. Just tell him. Give him the nod. Give him the nod. But what are the things that are standing in the way of us experiencing that divine flow? The Buddhists talk about this as, about these things as if they're confusions, things that confuse us from the ultimate reality. And they talk about, fittingly, as burning off confusions. Alan Watts talks about this concept of becoming what you are. You know, there's a lot of things in our world that tell us that we are not enough. That we're lacking something, that everything's outside of us. Actually, I would say the entirety of American society in some ways stands as an example of everything that we need to be is outside of ourselves. Everything that you need, all that you need is in your soul. So what do you need to do to get out of the way? What do you need to let go of? What walls need to come down around your heart so you can enter that room and see that light that is always shining? So that you can be what you truly are the light of the divine, the divine flow that is always flowing. Ram Dass talks about it as shining the mirror of our divinity. We might not clearly see it at times, but when we shine the mirror, we see it for what it truly is. As promised, that's all the talk I'm going to do today for the most part. <laughs> and I'm going to move into a meditation by Ram Dass. And we're actually going to play it over the speakers because I cannot do it justice. And it's going to be a little bit longer, so just preface with that. But I invite you as you're going through this to just be, be as present as you possibly can. Close your eyes if you need to, or if you would like to. Ground yourself in your chair. And then I'll come back at the end. We'll talk a little bit more about the burning bowl ceremony. I'm actually going to ask Curtis to come up and play for me, and I'm going to read it. <laughs> I think we might be having some technical difficulties. Beyond all polarities, I am. Let the judgments and opinions of the mind be judgments and opinions of the mind. 
and you exist behind that. Ah, so. Ah, so. It's really time for you to see through the absurdity of your own predicament. You aren't who you thought you were. You just aren't that person. And in this very lifetime, you can know it. Right now. The real work that you have to do is in the privacy of your own heart. All of the external forms are lovely, but the real work is your inner connection. If you're quiet when you meditate, if you truly open your heart, just quiet your mind, open your heart, quiet the mind, open the heart. How do you quiet the mind? You meditate. How do you open the heart? You start to love that which you can love and just keep expanding it. You love a tree, you love a river, you love a leaf, you love a flower, you love a cat, you love a human. But go deeper and deeper into that love till you love that which is the source of the light behind it all. Behind all of it. You don't worship the gate. You go into the inner temple. Everything in you that you don't need, you can let go of. You don't need loneliness, for you couldn't be possibly alone. You don't need greed because you already have it all. You don't need doubt because you already know. The confusion is saying, I don't know. But the minute you're quiet, you find out that in truth you do know. For in you, you know. Plane after plane will open to you. I want to know who I really am. As if in each of us, there was once a fire. And for some of us, there seems as if there are only ashes now. But when we dig in the ashes, we find one ember. And very gently we fan that ember blow on it, it gets brighter. And from that ember, we rebuild the fire. Only thing that's important is, it, is that ember. That's what you and I are here to celebrate. That though we've lived our life totally involved in the world, we know. We know that we're of the Spirit. The ember gets stronger. Flames start to flicker a bit. And pretty soon, you realize that all we're going to do 
for all of eternity is sit around the fire. this time I'm going to invite you all as you come out of this meditation to pick up your pen and your paper under your chair If you know the thing, it might be a word, maybe a phrase, maybe a person, maybe just a thing. But if you know that there's something, something that's placing that wall around your heart, something that is making it difficult for you to enter that place of union with the divine, where it feels like that inner light has been hidden. I want you to write that now on that paper. And if you need a moment, just breathe. Close your eyes. And just breathe. What is it? What is it that stands in the way of you taking the next step on your journey? Closer to your higher potential. Closer to realizing your divine inheritance. We'll take a few more moments to breathe. After our announcements, I'll invite each of you to make your way back to the fireplace and drop that piece of paper into the fire. And do so knowing that you're letting go, that the fire will consume that which you let go of. And from that, a new ember will rise from the ashes. One that can be fanned into a flame. A flame that will set you on a new path forward. And so it is. <laughs>